Welcome to the Kickoff in the Valley post-game show. I'm your host, Tyler Vasquez of Bird Gang Travel. On my, I guess, left, right, technically you're on my right on my video, but uh, is Mr. Jake Arians co-hosting for the night, filling in for Gunner. Uh, Gunner has to wake up at 2.45 in the morning for his morning show on Camel Country. And so thus, uh, thus we had to find a fill-in because, uh, <laughs> and, and I would say, looks wise probably right on par you guys are both dapper young gentlemen and uh young when gentlemen it comes... i like it i'll take it i'll take, I'll take that more than the dapper the young gentleman I'm about to be 45 man there you go there you go uh so mr jake arians filling in uh i've done a show before with jake we did we had you for our uh, i think it was our draft show or schedule release one of the two you did i was gonna bring it up tonight because you was isaiah simmons pick and i said jedrick wills or tristan Wirfs would have been a much better spot at yeah. six and i'm still sticking with that yeah, that's all right yeah, that's the last yeah. time i was on hey isaiah simmons made a big play tonight though he did um, make a big play tonight so we're gonna get into all that and more uh, i was obviously uh, at the game um jake you watched from the comfort of your home i'm assuming or office where, where were you at tonight i am in the office now i was on the couch chilling yeah i watched on the play. couch chilling. i love it i love it if the name sounds familiar obviously jake arians no relation to former coach bruce bruce arians no just kidding um jake actually jake tell us what you do you uh uh you actually run the bruce arians foundation correct arians yeah so my foundation? dad's agent uh football wise and now post career football wise and i run our family foundation the president of that Awesome, cool. Casa and underprivileged kids all over, still all over the valley. I still live in Arizona, so it's uh, still huge and close to our heart here. And then, of course, uh, in Tampa and other places that we support. Obviously, everyone loves uh, the uncle that you love to have a drink with. Brought him up maybe in a off-color tweet last week about you know, Cliff Kingsbury and, and Hey, there's a guy out there that, that could be available. <laughs> <laughs> He's under contract if, for a while. If, so. if, uh, is he still under contract? Is that Absolutely. how that works? Senior advisor to the general manager. No. Yeah. He's still uh, okay. 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 Breaking news from uh, Bruce Arians, agent. There you go. Jake Arians. Exactly. Um, love to have Jake on because obviously with, with Bruce being in, uh, in the same division as the saints, right. Uh, get a, you get to see them a lot two times yeah. a year. And then obviously with your relationship to the organization and, and your dad being here for so long um, and winning being that you franchise history, we could throw that out there. Winning his coach and coach of franchise history. Exactly. And being that obviously you grew up around football your whole life. I mean, it was definitely a part of your life, uh, your entire, entire, yeah, your entire life. So yeah, um, years in the NFL and been around him my whole life. So yeah, there you go. Pretty good perspective either way. Great, great resume across the board. Uh, and you do a lot of podcasting. So I think this is a home run across the board and really excited to, to get you on tonight. So let's talk about the Cardinals. Let's talk about, uh, you know, obviously with the kickoff tonight, uh, the Cardinals deferred. And I hate that. We brought this up last post game. Uh, Britton Golden actually filled in. A guy that played Love uh, Britt. Love Britt. coach. My guy, yep. Britt, man. He's awesome. Yep, yep. He filled in uh, last Sunday. And he had said that... Actually, it was a Sunday before, but he had said, you know, it's good when the Cardinals get the ball, he thinks, because um, they've had those slow starts on offense. So why not, you know, coming off warmups, get those guys on the field right away? Well, tonight, Cardinals win the toss, and like they always do, they deferred. What, what, are you, what is your take on that? I mean, with I how like bad it. this offense I, I like is. it. Here's why. The strength of okay. your team is your defense. It's not Kyler in this offense right now. They, they've, they gave up a lot tonight. We'll get into that. But I like you're at home. 
get the ball to start the second half. You're playing Andy Dalton, technically the backup. I think he'll be the guy moving forward. He actually played pretty good tonight, minus the picks. Really just the one. Um, but I like it. You put your defense out there first. You're playing their top two receivers are out. One of their best offensive linemen's out. You're hoping you go three and out. You switch field position immediately. Now you go score. That's not what happened. You give up a touchdown early. You get down. It's 14-6 when Andy throws the first pick six. Actually, you score, and then it happens. But you get the same same first quarter, quarter and a half you've had all year, which is a bad, slow start. I don't mind the deferring to start the game, though. I think putting your defense out there, those guys have played well. You're at home. Take advantage of that crowd noise. They're all jacked up. Let that go out there and settle things down a little bit. I think part of the problem with this offense is kind of overexcitement early in the game. I don't know. that Their scripted plays haven't seemed to be very good, which is what you work on all week to get to that first 15. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of been their, their, their problem with their slow starts. I think that uh, when it comes to the defense, right, the last few weeks, I feel like this has kind of been them where they'll give up a few big plays to start the game. But credit to Vance Joseph and, and that defense for always getting the team settled down, correcting – uh, those mishaps going forward. And I think you saw that tonight for the most part. I mean, at, at, as after that first big, it was what a 53 yard, uh, I believe gain on that, on that first play. Um, yeah. Was it, did he, he get in? No, he got stopped at like the four yard line. Didn't he? No, Shaheen scored a touch. He's got two touches of the NFL. They're both touchdowns. So the 50, no, 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 no. That was the second one though, but wasn't the first touch that the first, hold on. I'm going to have to go back and look, but first the one was Shaheen for 53 or 56. Was it? Okay. You got me here. Oh, yeah, it was. 53-yard pass. You're right. That's my bad. I was trying to think of what was the one where they got and they got stopped at like the four-yard line and then they it was off another big play. Oh, no, no. We oh, challenged. We Kevin challenged. White. Kevin White making Kevin an White. One of the yes, that's in the what I'm thinking of is the Kevin White play. That's how, that's how decimated their receiving core was that Kevin White is playing big steps yep. in this game. Yep. Yep. No, it was the Kevin White. And you've got to forgive me on this, guys. Uh, I sit in section 103, so I'm on the corner where like the players come out. So I'm looking at an angled view of everything. So sometimes we see names and numbers and everything else. I try to take notes as we You're go on. Off the excitement of a big home win for the first well, time of year. Too. That too. That's, I am pumped. Deal, man. That'll, that'll jamble the brain a little bit. Definitely. If you've listened to the last like six postgame shows, I've been I've been pretty down for the most part, other than a, the couple wins we uh, we did have. But um, even those, those were those were not as fun as tonight tonight was a very fun win all things considered after you get past about the first half um so as the game moves on uh, like i said that defense starts to settle down um i did like going into half i i think the cardinals were it was like almost dead even between pass and runs so you know they called a good game where they kind of stuck to it in, in the past even in close games, Cliff will ditch the run, and they'll go to pass only, and, and it becomes very frustrating. So uh, what, what were the things that you liked in that first half? I know it was still not the start we want, not that fast start, but what did you take away from the first half that you really liked from the cards? I think they fixed the chemistry issues with D-Hop and, and, and Kyler, right? Like They had a couple of miscommunications. Well, that, that took forever, too, though, right? Like, like the first, There was, the, there was the, some targets. I like the fact that they yeah. were talking it out, right? Like, they yeah. came off the field, they talked, and then you saw some some productivity from, from D-Hop, right? The biggest takeaway for me was Eno looks good. Eno, Eno looks catches great. it well. Three down back. They spelled him. I love the young kid coming in. Uh, mm-hmm. the, big, the other big takeaway is your, de- your offensive line is decimated. Your entire interior line is backups. Mm-hmm. They played mm-hmm. their tails off, man. Yeah, they really, really did. The kid that came in was it Ford? Uh, came in or was it Ford? Cody Ford. Yeah, Ford. they got from the uh, Bills, right? Another played, Oklahoma guy, another one of good. Kyler's buddies. Played good. I mean, DJ Humphreys played his tail off like he always does. But that interior of the line to all be backups, 
Played and I, really that, well. that center played well, right? For he a little did. bit. He I mean, he snap on the goal line. Yep. Yep. He, he also had a 350 pound dude on his, on, you know, right on him on nose tackling. He hasn't played this year. That was his first action. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. coming off the practice squad. So and he came, he in. came right off the street, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, the thing with me, I wanted to see Rondo more healthy, Hollywood Brown healthy and D hop. The negatives of this offense were as you got D hop going, there was nobody else involved. Eno has five targets. Zach Ertz has three. Rondo Moore has one. Is the big catch in the first quarter for like 30 yards. That was it. He was leading the NFL like the last two weeks. Him and him and Hollywood Brown were, I think he had 13 targets the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. He has one. Uh, that's, he had two. That, he had two one reception, okay. 31 yeah, yards. To mm-hmm. me, that's troubling. Because you can't go, D-Hop comes in, and he becomes the entire offense. That's guardable. As good as he is, you can double-team him if you take these other guys away. I mean, you can't count on Robbie Anderson to do anything yet. Greg Dortch, why is he not a part of this offense? A.J. Green doesn't get a snap tonight. Finally, that should have taken place a while back. I get that you <laughs> want some height, and that's where Robbie Anderson comes in. You don't want two little midget guys running through three, two of them running, running rap, one of them throwing it to the guys. Um, but Dortch has been explosive. Catches a nice touchdown tonight. Dude, he's got great hands. He catches you know, everything. The Lions going to play like that. You got to get these guys in space with the entire offense is predicated on. The other thing I don't like about the offense is, as we move on in the game, you have zero ability to go under center. Now you do it on the, on the second, it was like second touchdown, they go split backs and you hear Al Michael says the first time they've been under center the entire game. Mm-hmm. That's an issue. Cause we move forward to the fourth quarter and you're winning by 20 and you're still in a shotgun throwing passes. Kyler takes a bad sack, nicks up his ankle, whatever. We all know how he is. If he's nicked up. Mm-hmm. It doesn't spell very many wins. A couple stupid hits that he takes, a couple bad sacks where you just throw it away. Don't take the hit. We all know you can run. You don't have to do that at times. That's still the, the frustrating thing with him, with me, and this offense is you have to be able to go under center. How good would he be if they could go under center and run a naked boot? Oh, it'd be beautiful. Because you're worried about the zone stretch yeah. run game, something like that. Or run that zone stretch and just traditional drop back, and now you're taking some shots. I understand he's short and you got to move him around, but he's way back behind the line. If you're doing some traditional play action stuff, I'd love to see that incorporated in this offense. But I, the biggest takeaway for me is what his offensive line played. Man. Yeah. You, you know, when I look at that first half, a couple things I was concerned about initially was hop, not getting involved. I didn't get to see the talking on the bench, but I did see it on Twitter. Um, I actually saw a look that hop kind of gave Kyler in one of the screenshots that I was like, okay, uh, maybe there's something I there. Tell if it was hop and you're like what you're three with him, whatever it is, not yeah. knowing what he's doing in week one or the other way around. And that's troubling. Mm-hmm. That That's like, I really couldn't tell who screwed up. What the way that they were talking. I'm yeah. glad that they talked. I love the communication. But that should never be an issue of who screwed up. It should always be the receiver. I'm going to take your quarterback that much money. I'm going to take the baby steps because traditionally after bad drives, Kyler Murray goes to the bench. He sits by himself. And that's something we talk about every episode after a game as he goes and sits body by himself. Usually, yeah, usually yeah. very piss poor body language. Exactly Got what you're off. saying. Got to get yep. better. Yep. And we're going to get into a altercation here in a second, but uh, you know, the other things that I guess I didn't like, um, I felt like it took a while to get hop active and, and going I, I like that they eventually got going and hop ended with 14 targets 10 receptions 103 yards so hop ended up doing hop things um but it felt like it took a long time to get there and and you know one thing i think a storyline across the whole game the saints were so banged up at corner they lost roby also at, at one point in the game Top like three so corners and marshawn Lattimore is one of the best in the business like, yeah 
that should allow this passing game to get going. So, but the problem was they weren't taking any shots down the field. And I saw that like their average pass, you know, seconds to pass or whatever was like 2.6. So he didn't have a, a, you know, crazy amount of time at times. Um, Really good defensive line with the Saints. And they were playing too high safety. So it's hard to take those shots. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But it's one of those things where you got to challenge those corners a little bit, right? Like you have to, you have to, you have to. Um, There was a play, and I think this was in the second half, and I I tweeted it out when it happened. But, um, and I don't want to get in the second half yet, but I will mention it. You know, we weren't taking any shots yet. uh, Like we hadn't really taken any shots downfield, so to speak. And we run like on, on the first play you haven't done anything to make the the other team believe that that isn't going to be a draw. Like, like you're not helping. You haven't built the, the credibility yet with the defense to allow yourself to make those plays work. And that's why when I think of like the screens, cliff runs and, and the different plays in the backfield that he does, the reason when, it, when Cardinal fans are always like, why doesn't it work for us, but it works for every other team? Well, every other team has a nice, healthy balance of throwing the ball down the field and they keep the defense guessing. And uh, and we don't really have that, right? Like that doesn't happen with this offense. And I don't want to be down again. The Cardinals win this game, 42-34. Uh, they moved to three and four. I, I did say if they lost this game, I mean, you could pretty much slam. And it's a long season, but to be uh, two and five would not be very good. No, um, slammed and you're right back in it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're right in the mix, right? You're right there. Record now wise. the night, the Niners record, did make record a wise. Record, record wise. wise. Yes. Yes. The Niners did make a move or are going to make a move. Uh, Adam Schefter reported though. Uh, I want to mention that real quick. Uh, it sounds like they are trading for Christian McCaffrey. Um, so salary that, cap apparently is not really a thing for some teams. Yeah. Yeah. Some teams or are very, Carolina's eating a lot of that salary. One of the two. Yeah, some teams are very creative in how they do things. Uh, and so they are going to gain a very good running back at Christian McCaffrey, which will hopefully help out uh, for their sake, Jimmy Garoppolo and the struggles that offense has had. Uh, not good for the Cardinals. So now as we go on through the first half, um, things I liked, obviously, Eno Benjamin being involved. Eno, like you said, I think Eno, if he could keep playing like this, man, like – he is definitely going to eat up that Chase Edmonds role, but this is my it has issue. To be a one-two punch at least at this point, right? Like Connor's yeah. been really good for you guys for two years. Yep. He, yep. But I like him with more with last year's role than being the guy. He always gets hurt. He does. Yeah. Games. He's always load, banged load, up. Lessen that load with some more Eno stuff. Even the runs. It doesn't have to just be passing it because Eno is really a three-down guy. And let him go back and forth a little bit. And the young kid has earned some freaking carries, man. Keontae Ingram. Yeah, Keontae Ingram, uh, nine attempts, 14 yards, had a touchdown, stretched out. The way that he runs. Yeah. He gets after he catches it. Well, he was, he's solid, man. I think he's earned some playing time. Well, he had, he had two receptions for 23 yards as well. So, and he had, yeah, he, he, he looked, Keontae Ingram looked really good tonight. Um, I I almost feel like Cliff has too many toys, right? Like, (laughs) I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I mean, there's still there's. Do you have a bunch of toys? You don't have a lot of horses. Agreed. But where I'm saying that is, I feel like he has too many toys to where he doesn't know what to do with them all. Right? Like, I'll tell you what to do with them. That's why when you get Rondell Moore, he doesn't use Greg Dortch. Right? Like, Greg Dortch just completely goes away. Now yeah, today, go back Greg, to your point about going down the field, they're speed guys, yeah. little bitty guys. They're not yep. take the top off guys. I run after the catch speed guys. So that's like where Robbie Anderson, I think they're help hoping can help is, is some of that take the top off when he learns the offense a little bit. Yeah. Go three wides with Zach Ertz and Eno in the backfield. That's not too many toys. 
I'd love, I true. I'd love to see the tight ends get more involved, right? Like you got two great, you're supposed to have two really good pass catching tight ends. We know we have one in Zach Ertz, yeah. but you also got Trey McBride. So you'd love to see them get him more involved as well. Um, now let's get into it. I, I mean, the one glaring, 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 glaring problem is, and, and, I've, and I've said this for a few weeks now, and I, and I said, I think we're going to get to a point to where the cameras are going to catch and they caught it once in another game, but I think it's going right to get, then. It's going to be, I think it's going to get worse than this at some point, but uh, Cliff and uh, Kyler get into it. Right. And so I remember I saw it, I screenshot like a group chat between my friends. I sent it to you and producer Adam. And I said, Hey, I didn't get to see this on video. And then eventually I did get to see it on video via Twitter, but uh, I go, how bad was that? And so Jake, let's get your opinion watching it at home. It was horrendous. I jumped on Twitter to see the reaction, and a lot of people actually liked it because Kyler showed emotion. Mm-hmm. You don't show emotion like that to your head coach. Yeah. You see guys do that with position coaches. You see guys do that with other players. You don't do that to your head coach on I, national I, TV. I want to ask when you. When you screwed up. Yep. It happened twice in this game. Cliff had to run down the sidelines to call timeout before delay a game for the second time later, and you see him, instead of yelling at Kyler, walk away. Yeah. Right? So, okay. Okay, 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 okay. Kyler, chill out with some choice expletives. You can't do that. Your body language is already awful. You don't have Mm -hmm. any leaders on this offense whatsoever. D-Hop, great player. Always going to produce. Never practices. All about him in the locker room. We all know Kyler had a clause put his contract because he's not there enough. Who is the leader other than Zach Ertz? That's your head coach and play caller. And I think you Zach Ertz is kind of a quiet leader, right? Like he's, he's, yeah, he, he can he's be a, vocal, but not much. Show up every single day, yeah. do your job, but not a big rah-rah guy. Yeah. That is your head coach and play caller. You cannot, the way that you've played this year, and I know you're the greatest high school quarterback in Texas history, and you won a Heisman in your one year playing college, and you were rookie of the year, and all the things he said at his press conference that he didn't think he had to tell us all. Mm-hmm. You haven't done anything in the league enough to alienate your head coach like that. And Cliff, how in the hell do you let that happen? Okay, wait, hold on. Before you go into that, this is what I'm gonna I want to I want to specifically ask you this, being that obviously your dad is the winningest coach in Arizona Cardinals history. So and he's been around a lot of great players, a lot of great quarterbacks. Let's let's talk about this. As much as I blame Kyler, and it's a bad look from Kyler as a leader, as a quarterback, all of those things. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let Kyler off the hook for this. I, I think that's a terrible look. And on national, you know, when the, every eyeball is watching, it's it's just terrible. Like that's just you can't have that. You wouldn't see a Drew Brees, a Tom Brady, like all you these. Won the game, and you're gonna be leading. Get up, get up tomorrow morning on ESPN. That's what they're gonna show. They're not gonna show the win. They're exactly, show the first, exactly. Right? So, so I get that part. But the analogy I keep bringing to people, and mind you, my background before Burgang travel, before all of this, was working in boys and girls clubs. So I worked with teenagers that uh, a lot of times I had teenagers. What was that girl, the catch me outside girl that became all famous? Mm-hmm. And she just completely disrespected her mother. So this is my analogy is as much as I feel bad in that moment for Cliff, I shouldn't feel bad for Cliff. No. Cliff is the head coach, right? And ultimately, this is like having a bad teenager or a teenager that makes bad decisions, and you ultimately are letting them run your household. 
And I feel like that's the situation in this locker room and the situation with this team. And I get it. The quarterback, for the most part, can earn that respect and ultimately be the person that, that gets the keys to the car and runs the locker room. But in this case, I don't think Tyler's done anything yet in the pro level to earn that with this team or show that he has the leadership skills when you talk about the body language and everything else. So how much of the blame, because I put a lot of the blame on Cliff, because when I look at good coaches, I don't see that happening. And I see some foot being put down. Now I get Cliff's in a rock and a hard place because you just paid Kyler Murray a bunch of money. He did. And, and he's, I know he did it, but I, the organization called. did. So that's what I'm saying. The order, he, he's backed in a weird situation because the GM, the head, the the owner, the franchise oh. is paying the, the franchise itself is paying Kyler Murray. So can Cliff in that situation bench him? Probably not. Yeah. Right. I, okay. So let's get your opinion on tomorrow, it. but have some balls. Okay. Okay. So let's hear it. What do you lie. think? Look, as much as blame as I want to put on Kyler, you cannot do that. Yep. He is a coddled, spoiled millennial that acts the definition of whatever this next generation is of video games and all that. He's been coddled by this organization. There's no way in hell you should have gave him $230 million, but you did. And that starts at the top with Bidwell. Steve, his hands were tied. It didn't really matter. The kid's been coddled. Now, him, you don't, he does, obviously doesn't respect Cliff, right? My, my point with Tyler is you can't act like that to your head coach and play caller. I understand you're pissed off. I understand you might want to be frustrated. You got to stop yourself. If you respect the guy at all, which you obviously don't, or you don't respect any authority. And when you have this contract, you don't respect anybody and doesn't care and doesn't have to. If you're Cliff, what does the locker room do? His face when that was going on? Dude, he was scared. It was awful. He looked like he he, he got, you know, his dog just got shot. Let me tell you this much. You You think Kyler does that to the offensive line coach? No. To Cougs? Hell no. He get his no. ass whooped. Yep, yep. Because the other team guys, guys on the team would see him be a man. Yep. And put him in his place. You think he'd do that to Steve Hyden, assistant offensive line coach, tight end coach? Hell no. Sean, Sean Jefferson that played 15 years in the league, the receiver coach, he was the one calming him down. Hell no, he's not going to do that to him. He wouldn't even look at Sean because he respects him. It's My that point buddy. is he doesn't respect the head coach. Yep. And you have this, and one of you is making $230 million. Now, the other one just got a five-year extension, and for Cardinals fans, that's an interesting thing. But that five-year extension for Cliff is a hell of a lot less than that $230 million, $160 million guarantee, whatever Kyler's got. He's winning. The owner yeah, yep. gave him the money. He backed him. Kyler's untouchable. So, like, untouchable. Yeah, and Kyler knows it. Be, it. But he and, is. But he knows it at this point. So He's it's, doing it the whole time. Yeah. And he acts like it. That's my problem. So where does that go, before we even get a second half, where does that go in the building? So I'm tell you right now, okay, you got okay. players doing this. The defensive guys are going to Vance Joseph, which they respect. Yep. Offensive guys, a lot of them go to Coog. Sean Coogler, the offensive line coach, who's been around forever. If Cliff were to turn over play calling, it quite possibly could be Coogs and should be, I think. But you don't have a lot of these guys. I don't see anybody backing Cliff in the mm-hmm. locker room, player-wise. I don't see any of it. You're, you're already got a defaction going on. If people don't realize that, yeah, it was a big win. But there are big issues that this throws ripples through an organization. The problem is Mr. Bidwell is going to back Kyler. Yep. And Cliff, when you go back to Cliff being in between a rock and a hard place, he is. You're stuck. You like your job, but you got to be a man and you got to have some balls in that situation because if you don't, the entire locker room and team sees that. Now the whole world saw it. 
I think we've gone too far, right? Like it's already, we're off the deep end now. So where in your mind, knowing the organization and answer this, how PG and political you want here, where knowing what you have known with, with the, how the team operates and the ownership operates, where, what is the next move? What, how, how is the next chess piece moved? Because nothing, nothing? Do, do they do turn? anything? Well, let me ask you this. Cliff goes to his press conference tomorrow and gets hammered. Kyler blows it off in his press conference. They play next week, and they hope to God win in Minnesota. Well, and I, I guess I'm asking, what's the next? Eventually, they're going to have to do something, right? I'm not saying it's happening this week. But Winning like, cures all. Okay. If we get a couple more losses here and they're sitting at so four let's, and seven, let's, four and seven. You, let's ask you that. Okay, so if they start the losing. Five games is kind of a mother. And yeah. it's, it's a hard stretch. But they're winnable if they play good, right? And they got to stay healthy, but – they're winnable. If they lose three, four, the next five, now you're talking some big issues that the front office. So let me ask. Discuss. So let me ask this way: Keep going nowhere. I'll tell Cliff, you that right now. Cliff, Cliff, Cliff alluded to it this week, and it's interesting how he alluded to it because in the past it's almost like it's been brushed off, and now it was like, well, yeah, I'd be open to letting someone else call the plays if that helps so it almost felt i heard someone say it to me today at our tailgate they were like it almost felt like that was coached to him to say like like there's been conversations internally Absolutely. that like hey maybe we do bring someone in to help call plays we'll bring somebody we'll in not bring someone in maybe we turn it over to someone that's already on the coaching staff right like the problem with what well, i think sean coogler would do a phenomenal job but he comes from a very different background kyler only knows this system mm-hmm. that's all he ran one year in college it's all he's running the nfl but going it could, under it could, center could be like Whipple or Cam Turner, right? Whipple called that game when when uh, Cliff yeah, and everybody had COVID right. last year. His, his dad uh, goes back to us in Pittsburgh a long time ago. He's been around yep. for a while. But you're talking about a guy with no experience. Yeah. Right? Like Cliff has grown into this role. Now you're talking about a guy that's called it for one game. So, but I if I don't, know that that's, I don't know that that's better, but it might take – here's the here's what I'd like to see if that's going to happen. It okay. takes a different voice out of Kyler's ear. Mm-hmm. Regardless if Cliff is telling, and this might be the way to go, Cliff calls the plays. Somebody else tells Kyler what's going on. Now, they've already got communication issues because they're always slow getting it in. That's frustrating everybody and Kyler at the same time. But a different voice in Kyler's ear could change the dynamic a little bit. I mean, if you're not going to change play callers, maybe at least go that, down that road. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Man, big big problems, and and it kind of got disguised. Got got. I want to call it disguise. It kind of got overshadowed a little bit quickly um, because Marco Wilson gets a thirty-eight yard interception return for a touchdown, um, followed by uh, that puts the Cardinals up twenty to fourteen. Then instantly back to back, Isaiah Simmons gets a fifty-six yard interception return for a touchdown. Um, speaking of the Marco Wilson one, though, everyone saw the video on Twitter. If you haven't, you need to go search for it. Greatest uh, front flip into the end zone in history of the NFL, dude. That was phenomenal. <laughs> he, he there is a there is a video shot of Andy Dalton showing his frustration after he throws the pick, and, and as he's like getting pissed off. Marco Wilson is flipping behind him in the background. Yeah, and then exactly. there's some Twitter handle out there that like, it's called turning art into sports or something along oh, those lines. Great. Where, yeah. yeah. Where they found this like classic art piece that looks like that same scenario as it's happening. Uh, it just was gold. But so the defense steps up big Vance. Vance that was a gift, right. The first one was Andy Dalton makes a perfect play underneath in two minute offense. Mm-hmm. It's Marquez Callaway in the face. It pops up. Marco Wilson takes it to the house. 
The yep. next one, Isaiah Simmons, who I've been critical of, makes a phenomenal play. And that he was just hit, him can't showing up on it. He was trying to go over his head. The little bit of pressure he gets hit in the chest, but the you know one arm, big catch radius, that, big long. That, that athleticism, take right. it to the house, right. spectacular play. Yeah, that athleticism, him jumping up in the middle of that field. I mean, that's just when you go look at that. I saw Gamb, uh, John Gambador from Arizona Sports. He tweeted out the photo. Was like, this is just a beautiful play, and it's and that's where I he mean, excels, right? If he's in yeah. coverage, he's basically a glorified really big safety. But yeah. when you're playing that position, he he could be really dangerous. So the, the Cardinals wrap up the half there. They go in at uh, 28-14. It's so crazy. We're only at halftime in this conversation, and so much has happened, and you're up 28-14. You scored three touchdowns in a matter of, uh, looks like, two minutes and 30 seconds or so. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I mean, now one came from the offense, which was great, but the other two came from the defense. So it was good to it's see. 14-14, right? Going in. Yes. Let's, 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 you get two gifts, one mm-hmm. great play, but you get a gift on the other one. Um, let's pretend it's 14-14 moving forward. And you yep. come back after a slow start again, but you're going in tied at that. You got a big lead, but let's let's pretend for yeah. argument's sake going in the second half, it's really what it should have been. So they come out of half, and this is where well, first a uh, big shout out to Jimmy World performing at half. It was one of the better halftime shows that they've had ever in the last at least two or three years. I mean, it just was uh a lot better than what, what is usually out there at halftime, but um so we come out of half and the Cardinals get the ball to start. And this is again, my frustration. We go three straight passes. Now, granted two of them were DeAndre Hopkins and it's like, okay, it's nice. You're actually getting it. It was like, I wanted to be really mad, but I'm like, well, then again, they're getting DeAndre involved. So it's like, Oh, it's give and take here, but they all were underneath little, little throws, uh, you know, for four or five yards and uh, you go three and out and then you punt and it just looked like the same offense all over again where it was give like, up, and you give up three so if you go back to what i said you got a big lead right mm-hmm. but if we pretend it's 14 14 now it's 17 14 like that and you go three out again mm-hmm. and you hold them the second time but you get it back inside the 20 five six minutes have gone off the clock yeah you still got a big lead because you got the two pick sixes but if we flip that and you pretend that that didn't happen like i said it's a very different looking game because you're getting big time out gained by the saints their offense had been much better at that point if you take away the two pick sixes, but you still got an 11 point lead at this point, right? It's 28, 17, you go three and out, three and out, and then you go score. Exactly. And I think people are going to say, why would you take away the two pick sixes? It's, it's not that we're taking away. The whole point is this defense has carried this team. Take away one, take away the gift. And then and well, no, add the Isaiah Simmons I, went in there. I, but yeah, I want to, no, I want to keep riding with your point. This team this year was designed to rely on this offense this defense has outplayed what I think people were expecting. Obviously, I think every person, every Cardinal fan, would be like, "This defense has played really out of their minds compared to what they've what you would have expected." Um, so when we look at the offense over the nature of this game, it's like, man, like at no point was the offense really clicking, and and it did. It wasn't like it was corrected. So. I don't want people to be blinded by the fact that we get this win. It is a good win. It puts you in a good spot, like we're saying. But exactly. Like, if you take away that defense stepping up how they have, we still have some major problems on offense. If you take Uh, that away and you add up the way the game goes. Now, they mm -hmm. played from behind. You lose mm -hmm. 34-28. That's my point in saying take them away because you can't count on pick sixes. You damn sure can't count on back-to-back pick sixes, right? I mean, if you go and look at the stats – 
71 plays for the Saints, 494 total yards. 60 plays for the Cardinals for 325 yards. That is pedestrian. That is not high-flying offense. Here's the kicker. Seven seven yards per play for the Saints to 5.4 for the Cardinals. So they've averaged five, which is second worst in the league. They get to 5.4 with D-Hop, who is the whole offense. Nothing really changed. They go for 189 yards. And I think you just you just hit on it. And and I want to talk about two people. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins right there. Everyone was saying DeAndre Hopkins like that. That's that's what basically they were banking on, which was frustrating because it's like with the pieces you've brought in, you were thinking that you were a little more balanced and you weren't going to just rely on him. Now you lost Hollywood Brown. So I get that. That's a major loss. Uh, number you know, number two in the NFL in total targets. Yeah. So the way, he, the way he look, let's talk about him for a second, because yep. that's a great point. He proved to me he can be a one. We yes. know D Hop's a one. D Hop's a freaking Hall of Famer. You should have expected this from him. If you can get the offensive line healthy, if the season's not over in six weeks, when you get Hollywood Brown back, if that's the case, and he can, now you got to go weeks. back to he had. They're a thinking foot. four weeks. They're thinking four. We might get him in four. Remember his rookie year coming out of the draft with the foot. I know. I know. He's got I a history of feet, and yes. I'd say on all of our shows, man, feet linger. Yes, but if you get him back and Rondo Moore's healthy. And you got Eno and James Conner. Now we could potentially see what this offense looks like. But who is the target hog at that? Because now you can't double anybody. Going into next week, you can double the crap out of D-Hop. He's still going to get a bunch of targets, probably get a bunch of catches. But you got to start throwing to some other guys. The ball has to get – you can't have one guy with 14 targets and the next closest be a running back with five and throw for 189 yards. At 5.4 yards of play, that's not That's not going to get – that's not going to cover it. You know what also worries me about that, and we didn't get in touch on the other guy, but I do mandatory Rodrigo here in a minute. Um, uh, <laughs> Zach Ertz, he's been reliable, old reliable for, for for Kyler every week up until hop. But what scares me is when we think of when uh, Ertz was traded to the Cardinals about a year ago now. I mean, it was like, like yeah. I think last week or something like that a year ago. Uh, he was traded to the Cardinals. And it was almost like he was an afterthought most of the season last year because Kyler goes to hop, Kyler goes to hop, Kyler goes to hop. And, and so that's what concerns me is when hop is there, as much as I love hop and he's consistent and, and he's one of the best players, a hall of famer. Exactly. But my concern is the offense completely goes away and it all runs through Deandre Hopkins. So it, that's why what happens when they Mike Evans him and they bracket cover him. There's gotta be a second and third option and Kyler's yeah. gotta know that's going to happen on this play. I'm not going to force feed him. I got to go to some other guys. There has to be a progression in the offensive scheme to go boom, boom, Ertz, Rondell Moore, Greg Dorch. Well, and so, you know, so out of the backfield, dump it off, whatever. So think of Cardinal glory years. You think of Carson Palmer. You think of Kurt Warner. There'd be seven guys all with four, five, six targets, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, or for, for that much, four or five receptions. I mean, it wasn't even just targets. It was spreading the ball around, going through your reads, and uh, Kyler's not doing that. And so uh, that is one way to fix this offense is they need to move the ball around. So they did score with a, a Greg Dorch, a five-yard pass. It was nice to see them light the Dorch and, and him score. I do want to note, because we've blown right through, and I keep forgetting, uh, and I wore Rodrigo blanket chip glasses to the game, and then they broke on me. Um but Rodrigo, I mean, two weeks ago, the every all well, the whole fan base was clamoring for why didn't we sign Rodrigo? Why did we sign Matt Amendola? And yes, he did miss a extra point. 
but I think the whole fan base will take his uh, 50 yarder that he made and his 28 yarder that he made. 61, I think they said. I mean, Rodrigo doesn't have a very big leg. He doesn't kick it very high, but he's been pretty solid. He was coming off an injury earlier in the year when he got cut in Indy, so I'm not sure if that played a factor or not. Amendola probably looked better in the workout. But yeah. you can't bring Amendola back after the loss, right, to, to Philly. And that whole debacle with the slide and the timeout and the but it's so it's so crazy that you base it on the workout like <laughs> like dude I've been there I kicked in the NFL like I I know exactly yeah. what they base it off of I, I'm basing it off a veteran guy that's been there and done that yeah not a lot out there but Rodrigo was more veteran than Amendola he's been in the fire he played at a big time oh. program at Georgia he's kicked game winners I'm going with the experience all day and oh, you just and you can't bring him back for week two to go to yeah, Seattle you yeah cannot that was- do it. Yeah, it was terrible. I think you win that Seattle and don't game. give me that Cliff was going for it on fourth down nope. because he didn't trust the kicker. That is absolute garbage. He does it every week. You've been awful at it all year. If you kick the three points in Vegas, you don't even go to overtime in the fourth quarter. Didn't. Didn't get it. You kicked the three points last week in the first half. It's a different game. Okay. In the second half. I'll He's argue with that with game. you on that in Seattle because I think there was a mixture. I know he goes for it every time, but I, mean, I do like think 41 yard mix. And it was 75 degrees. I know, but they don't – I'm telling you. And I, there's no way in hell he should have been wearing a Cardinals uniform, and that's a bigger issue of who's doing what. I agree. Okay, so, the, again, we're going into deeper problems from a week ago. Yeah. I'm telling you right now at 45 years old, after a knee replacement and a groin reconstruction <laughs> then in my career, I can go out there Sunday and you can trust me more than that. From yes. 41. Yeah. Period. Well, I mean, but you look at Amadol's I'd be the last dude on the planet. There's 5,000 guys you could sign to go do that. Exactly. But you look at Amadola's stats, he was like two for seven from 40 yards, like in his career. I mean, he just wasn't good from 40 plus. So that's why I was like, why was he even signed based on a workout when there's no pressure, no one in the stadium? I I mean, like, what are we doing? So now, finally, it was corrected. They brought in Rodrigo this week. Prater's still not ready to go. Rodrigo does come up big for them. He does do, he did his job. I wouldn't say he come up big. Great, too. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, there was talk that the reason, that he was released uh, from the from the Colts was his uh, his kickoffs were not that good. On top of missing a big game, line, but he looked good tonight. Yeah, like yeah. I said, the fifty yarder was good for sixty one. They said on next gen stats and kicked off well. I mean, he was, he was solid, damn solid. Yeah, he looked really good. So um, the the Cardinals, you know, widen the gap with that. You know, Benjamin. Uh, or, or I'm sorry, with they got the Greg Dorch touchdown, makes it thirty five seventeen. Um, and now at this point. I leave the stadium at about a couple, I think a minute into the fourth because I'm trying to get here to set up to do the podcast. And uh, as I'm walking over here, I'm watching the, this is the one thing I love about the Amazon prime is that I could pull it up on my cell phone and watch the game as I was walking to my truck and then walking over here uh, to get set up. And uh, Johnson, the tight end for the, for on, the Johnson, yeah, for yeah, yeah, he ends up uh, getting a 17-yard uh, touchdown from Andy Dalton and then a one-yard touchdown a, a few moments later after Eno scores. Eno rips off a five-yard touchdown. Um, now I, I want to bring up my mandatory fantasy football team. I'm playing someone that last minute decided to put Johnson in, and I'm thinking this game's over, and he scores two touchdowns in a couple minutes. So that was my night. I didn't play Eno. But I did have D Hop, Alave, and Kyler in, in one league. So it worked out okay for a Thursday there night you jump on my opponent. I did play Eno, so at least I'm not too far in the dirt right now after Johnson's big night. But um, Eno looks great. I, I do agree with what you were saying earlier. I think he has definitely earned that spot to to earn that timeshare. And I'm just hoping. Then again, here's what I'll say: Greg Dorch has earned that spot. 
Greg Dork has earned way more than a timeshare. He's earned that role. A.J. Green, his and, spot and needs to be where it was tonight, and that's on the bench. Yes. Or cut him and bring up somebody from practice squad because he's done. He's cooked. Yeah. You shouldn't have paid him two years ago. You shouldn't have repaid him in this offseason. He's done. He, he brings nothing to this team right now. Bring somebody else up. They can do something. Yeah. He's that, not even a role player at this point. Well, and with Wesley going down, it's like, I feel like the only reason they're keeping him is because his height. I mean, yeah, that's he's it. Tall and long, but it, you have you have to at least have separation to be tall and long. That, that doesn't matter at this point. And he has there's got to be tall guys out there that you can grab that are younger that can give you something. I mean, there's just got to be. Here's what you do. Put the young tight end in a tight end and move Zach Ertz out there. If you want some, yeah. some height and some light, like you can get creative. They don't do a lot of that stuff, but you can, you wait, you the offensive, the offensive guru doesn't get creative. That's makes sense. He I mean, goofy sometimes, but actual <laughs> creative. I've never seen Zach Ertz go that wide with two tight ends on the field. Mm-hmm. They no, did you're a right. With Chase Edmonds, but they ran it behind two tight ends. You're right. Here's, you're here's right. the disappointing thing for me in the second half. And yes, they had a big lead. So you're, we'll take a little bit of this with grain of salt. I'm not saying, but you gave up. 361 yards and four touchdowns to Andy Dalton. He was 30 of 47. Now he threw a bad pick early in the red zone, trying to force one. Great play by Hamilton. He's been good last couple weeks. Hamilton's been really Hamilton, good. He's been solid. Marco Wilson, eh, but Hamilton, solid. Marco, Marco's, had his, Marco's had his moments, right? There's times where he's been good. There's times where he's been really yeah, bad. He's, he's young, but he's up and down. He's fiery. Yeah. The second one's not on Andy. The third one's on Andy, right? But he got hit at the same time. But you let him keep rolling the second half. That's without your top two receivers, one of your offensive linemen, Chris Olave, who's an absolute star in the making. I was just going to say, he, he's the first wide receiver that's made Byron Murphy look really bad this year. I mean, he burned Byron, Byron Murphy. Slot reminds me of young Tyron in the slot. He's a beast. But Byron outside can't be your outside guy. That's why Hamilton's so important, and Marco needs to play outside so Byron can play in the slot because he just didn't have the height, the size, or the speed to play outside. He's been really good this year. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Byron's a really good player. But his ideal fit is more playing in the slot than it is having to go play outside if you get some of that stuff. But, I mean, Kevin White has a catch. Traquan Smith. Alvin Kamara gets 70. Shaheen has two catches and two touchdowns in the NFL. With Andy Dalton, that doesn't bode a lot of confidence. As good as his defense, I thought, played in the first half. And, yes, like I said, you got to take a little bit of the grain of salt here because they had a big lead. But I, and I liked what Vance was doing, that walk-up. You never knew what was coming. Uh, and By the way, I, I'm a big Andy Dalton fan. I really think Andy Dalton can play. I think he should have been in Chicago a couple years ago and been the guy, and it would have solved a lot of their problems. Uh, I don't know what they're going to do with 11 days off if Jameis actually comes back. But Andy Dalton league-wide is not exactly scaring anybody. So it, it'll be no. interesting going to Minnesota next week. Does the defense get some confidence from the turnovers or is there a little bit of, okay, let's fix some of the issues that we saw in the second half because we still gave up a lot. Well, and the, and the Cardinals for the most part have owned Andy Dalton the last few years. I mean, they played him in uh, when he was with Dallas a couple seasons ago and, yeah. and that was a game Hassan Reddick had like six sacks. Um, so Andy Dalton hasn't had too many uh, great games against the Cardinals uh, over, over the most recent memory, but uh, well, I mean, the Cardinals again. They get the win. They also didn't have any turnovers. Let's let's like on the offensive side. Yeah. While it was kind of conservative, and Kyler's twenty of twenty nine for two hundred four and one touchdown, seven yard average. It's okay. Like that's okay. They ran it pretty good. They had one hundred thirty seven yards rushing, but no turnovers. Like that's that's big because Kyler had four picks coming into the game. 
if that defense can play like it's been playing and get some turnovers, and this offense can slow some of the turnovers down, kick some damn field goals on fourth down because you have a kicker that you trust or whatever the reason is, you're in a lot more games. I feel pretty good about where they're heading. It's a tough stretch coming up. Well, unless Prater had a setback, I would think Prater comes back as well. And so Prater's, one, Prater's a stud. Play, yeah. Prater's top 20 all time. When, when healthy, he's an absolute stud. So, like, that should matter because now you're talking about you're, you're comfortable from 55 and in. Yeah. You, you, like, that should really change Cliff's mindset of let's take the points. So, before, before we wrap, let's highlight the next five games because we're talking about the stretch as you go in, in, into the bye here. You've got Minnesota next week in Minnesota. Oh. Tough place to play, tough team that's that's rolling. Yep, yep. Uh, they got a really good offense. Justin Jefferson is is a beast. Um, then you get the Seattle Seahawks at home. Uh, Seattle that looked like a very winnable game last week in Seattle. So have them coming here. They did. You should beat them. I mean, you should have beat them last week. So I mean, I mean, you're you should do the opposite of what always happens is we went up there and we lose here. Yeah. So let's like let's just flip flop that and count that as a win. So then you go to the Rams. Now, the Rams have not looked good all year. No, they look awful. And then they lost their left tackle, No Bloom. So yeah. they're now on their second left tackle, third, really, because their star retired. They're on the third center, who probably is not going to be back, having their second center back by next week when you guys go, or two weeks when you go. Three weeks. And, and then uh, Viva Mexico, week four. We're going uh, in prime time on Monday night. Against the San Francisco 49ers, who, like we said, is the sounds like they're acquiring Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you will see him and uh, the Niners down there in Mexico. Um, as good as I think he'll be in that offense, it doesn't matter if their defense doesn't get healthy. They lost yeah. a bunch of pieces the last couple of weeks when that defense was rolling. It's still a winnable game. You always play, you play them good, right? Yeah, division, play division games. Play the Rams terrible, tough, play right? the Niners great, right? Like that's yeah. that's another winnable one. So okay, let's let's keep moving on here. And then the last game before the bye week, you've got the Los Angeles Chargers, who don't look like the last Los Angeles Chargers of the last couple of years. I, I mean, last year they looked great. This year they they look they're good, but they're not. I mean, Keenan I Allen should be back and rolling by that game. They should have a full a full offense. So they, they may look different than how they look today, right? Yeah, like in five weeks. defensive injuries, but they lost their tackle, their star tackle for the year. That offensive line, which was so good, is banged up, and a couple of those guys aren't coming back. So again, probably be underdogs in three of the five, if not four of the five. Four of the five. Yeah, you're gonna be underdogs in four. Or five. Three Easy. are pretty freaking winnable, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think Minnesota's probably the hardest game. That's this week. Because it's it's up there and they're they're rolling, they're playing good. I told someone the other day that I think Minnesota's the one game they actually win. Because I, I I think it it's that game with this team. Yeah, the Cardinals usually rip off a win against someone that you don't expect. And as good as the Vikings are, they're not the best team on their schedule this year. Uh, so this is the one that I I could see them getting a win on. Um, so in this five game stretch, like, what do you think is realistic? Obviously, you see how the team is today, but and they're not getting a break. They don't get a bye week to try to fix any of these things. So in the next five games, I mean, they're three and four now. If you How can you win think- three of the five, I'd I'd be ecstatic because the way the NFC is, you're still right in the hunt. You'd be six and six going into the bye, and yeah. then coming out of the bye, you'll have. And I'm just gonna hit them quick: the Patriots, the Broncos, the Bucks, the Falcons, and the Niners. It's a long ways away. Got a lot of season left, but uh, two or but- three of those four, and you're still right there. Yep. Right yep. now, if you only win two of the next five, and two of that four. Now you're probably looking up at some teams that got hot and 
but it, your division, you're right there. Like the biggest thing with tonight is two and five, you're probably done. Three and four, you're still right in the middle of the hunt in the division. And in the NFC, Packers are three and three, Bucks are three and three, Rams are three and three. Like there's a bunch of teams that are it's right there. And you're you're pretty sitting, even. You're right? sitting right there. Now you got yeah. some stuff to fix. I guess I, I the very thing I said at the very very beginning of the show, record wise, we're in a good spot. Mm-hmm. We got some stuff we got to get better at and fix. Yes, you got to fix it. And you have a big locker room divide that I don't think people are talking enough about that I think is going to lead Sports Center and take away from a really good win at home. But it's been a year, man. Like that's getting a big win and putting up the first 40, 40 burger in Cliff's coaching career at, at the Cardinals is a big deal. That's that should be celebrated. It shouldn't be leading Sports Center with a fight with him and the quarterback. That's going to be that, a show. that is a huge story, though, right? We talked about going in that if they lost today, it'd be a calendar year since their last win at home. And thank God they they put that to bed. And, and they get this big win at home. Get this big win in prime time. That is the one thing that's is- hard to freaking win. Like we owned home games. When we were here. Mm-hmm. That place is rocking. It's it doesn't get any credit for being as loud as it is. It rivals Seattle and Kansas City when when it's rocking. It's a hard place to come play and win. To go a calendar year without a win at home is a damn crying shame. It's a big deal to get one and get that off your back. And you think about it. Look at Suns games, right? Like Phoenix Suns games, the last two years, they've said the Suns have one of the best arenas, the best fan bases in the NBA. It doesn't just not happen in the football side either. I mean, it's like you got the same people in the state that are representing these teams. So, uh, I mean, we've got great fan bases. And ultimately, I think that's that that. You, it'll be good to see building off this and hopefully they can and, and, and turning things around. But before we, we wrap, Jake, can you get in your, uh, I want you to plug all the great things that like you were talking about Casa. Uh, let's hit those one more time. All the great things that you guys do where they can find people can find you. Uh, and we're definitely going to have you on the week of Tampa Bay as well. Uh, Christmas. Absolutely. Week. I'm in I'm in. Christmas <laughs> week, man. It's going to be fun. My, I know, uh, I know. I'm have to... coming out. My, my, my dad will be here for that one. And uh, it'll, it'll be exciting. We're going to go to that game. Uh, so ariansfamilyfoundation.com has all the information on the Arians Family Foundation, what we do for CASA. It's all about underprivileged kids in the foster care system, trying to help one kid at a time was my mom's goal was she was a CASA for a long time. That's court-appointed special advocate. Now it's getting the word out, getting as many people to become CASAs, raise as much money as we can. Uh, and that's really a hell of a lot bigger than winning football games. That's what this the family legacy is and what we're all about. That's that's what I, I mean from Bruce's time here. And uh, you know, I don't want to turn it such a positive and a negative, but when I when I look at like – in the Valley, we haven't had a lot of that. And so when Bruce was here and, and the things that you and the family did for uh, children in this community, what you still continue to do is so Absolutely. huge. And my background being in working with kids, I, I mean, I always loved what, what you guys have done. And, and I, you know, I want to thank you as a fan. And as I know, a lot of our fan base has felt what your family had done and continues again to do. It's just so huge. So yes, yeah, big uh, shout out to my wife, Shelby. She has a new speak program, which is another wing uh, of the Arians Family Foundation that she and her friends have been super passionate about in Chandler and downtown Phoenix and some areas around here that have just been unbelievable. So, like, check this the speak stuff out that's on there on the AriansFamilyFoundation.com because it's, like I said, it's a lot bigger than winning football games. I mean, you're saving kids' lives and giving kids a chance, and that's I, I love so that. much bigger than we get caught up in all this this hoopla of, of football, but that, that's really a hell of a lot more important. Uh, one selfish ask that I have, completely sidebar before we wrap, is – I've yet to have a drink with the cool uncle. 
and oh, I and, and we have to make that happen at some point. Yes, I will more t- time now this time of year. You know that was that was tough in the fall it's before. True. We could probably make that happen. Hundred percent. I actually have. I have this big cardinal finger that uh, we do the eat. It has a yeah, a big index finger. We do the et anytime the Cardinals score. And uh, the only time I've ever had one signed was in Cleveland in 2015, 16, somewhere 15, I think, uh, from your dad when he was coming out of the tunnel. Uh, and I still have them. I put it in retirement after he signed it that year. And, yeah, and that one, I, that I needs to go away. I've, yeah, I put, I put it in retirement. Well, it was kind of beat up as well over over the years. So I've got a new one. That one almost needs to now go in retirement. But uh, yeah, definitely got to make that happen. Well, Jake, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you co-hosting. Uh, normally, I was just going to ask you on to be a guest and fill 10 minutes. But uh, having you come on and kill almost an hour with me, I, I really time, appreciate man. your time Anytime. tonight. Man. I hope everybody didn't think I'm being negative. I, I, it's a huge win with 40 points. It's our job to talk and break it actually down of what yeah. you see, right? And we, we talked about it at the beginning. It's educated eyes watching it. And, you know, I, I'm just going to tell you, if, if you don't know anything about my family at this point, you're if, don't ask if you don't want to know the answer because you're going to get an honest one. <laughs> well, I, you know, that's something we do miss from the from the Bruce press conferences, right? Like it just uh, the honesty and the and the, the Maybe too fun much, remark. You're definitely going to get the answer that you uh, that you asked the question to. Uh, it's, that's why we love the. Fa- and actually, I do want to tell a quick story before we wrap. Uh, one of our last hangouts, we did uh, we did hang out at a state 48 uh, charity event one night. <laughs> But prior to that, and this was just by coincidence, and I just want to put us both on blast for it. Uh, yeah, my got a lot wife, of brownie points. Before you tell this story, we both got a lot of brownie points for what this story is about to be. <laughs> so uh, you brought up your lovely wife, Shelby, and uh, you guys were out on a date night. And uh, same thought with me and my wife. We talked about uh, she's a big fan of Cher, and Cher was mm-hmm. here in Glendale out at the Gila River Arena, and I think it's changed to Desert Diamond Arena now. But uh, – Share was there. I looked that day. I found front row seats for like, I think it was like 300 bucks a ticket because it was day of. It was a great steal. And um, what do I see is when we sit down, Shelby is sitting to the left of my wife and you're on her uh, left. So you're two seats down. I'm like, I believe that's Jake. And now we're both hanging out at a share concert. So by the way, share was freaking awesome. And she was good. She that was concert good. was badass. Second of all, you mentioned why we got brownie points. We're in the freaking front row for share. That's true. That is true. Beyond over the moon giddy, man. That was that one went a long way. Yeah. The tagline to this postgame show will be uh, hanging out at share. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, make sure you uh, subscribe and download the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If you need a cheat code, go to cardinalspodcast.com or kickoffinthevalley.com. Either one works. It'll take you to a whole uh, menu of places, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, which is where uh, who hosts this podcast, and then just everywhere. I mean, Pandora, all kinds of spots. So um, if you're not normally a podcast listener or a subscriber or downloader, this is how you can get into it. Go to cardinalspodcast.com, and uh, we'll have our next episode drop Wednesday and then Friday as we get ready for that game in Minnesota. Uh, the Cardinals finished tonight, uh, 42 to 34 victory over the new Orleans saints. And don't forget as always kickoff in the Valley.